transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the Mojave. Greetings from this hot and dry desert where the rain is rare and the people are weird. Especially out here around Joshua Tree and Landers and Wonder Valley. It's like some great monster, some great titan, picked up the Los Angeles basin and sort of gently shook it towards the east, towards the desert, so all the flakes would drift out and settle out here amongst the creosote. People do embrace their eccentricities out here, which is fine. Plenty of room. Wear your weirdness like a cape, I suppose. That's all a performance of a sort. We are social animals, after all, whether we like it or not. I hardly ever go to the local farmer's market, not because I don't enjoy the nice organically grown produce, but because it's held in the bright, hot midday when many desert creatures prefer to burrow down, hunker down in their nice, cool, dark dens. But I did go a week or so back, and it had been a while, and boy, I haven't seen people so dressed up for the farmer's market since I lived in Silver Lake. They had feathered sun hats and accoutrements of every sort, enough crystals hanging off some of the ladies to build a couple dozen of those heath kit radios, high-heeled sandals, cowboy boots, turquoise bracelets, caftans, and parasols. Now, the boys were decked out in their own way, of course. Some were sporting their best nylon sandals with the sporting labels. Some had lovely long beards and big Farrah Fawcett sunglasses and all kinds of hats, too. From those old-fashioned trucker caps from the recession to bejeweled boleros. Oh, it was like the Easter parade. Like an Easter parade based off some 1970s Fleetwood Mac publicity photos and the REI catalog. What a scene. And there were still some vegetables and fruits for sale, which was good. But you do have to get through a gauntlet of scented candles and sage sticks and mystic card readers and various sorts of home decor. I mean, the place was so packed with people and cars and, of course, dogs can't make an appearance without the slobbering dogs. Well, it was so packed you would think they were giving away henna tattoos or something. Just a busy scene. Very friendly and sociable. All in all, you'd have to be a real crank to complain about something of the sort. The desert has not always been so welcoming, of course. 
even the dusty little desert towns around Joshua Tree, which are all fairly modern inventions, there's not a town around here that's even a hundred years old, and it took until the end of World War II for Joshua Tree to claim all of 300 residents, most of them up around Sunfair, around a big turkey farm. Turkeys outnumbered humans about a hundred to one. Some things never change. But by the early 1950s, nearly all those people left. You try farming in a sand pit with no water and constant high-altitude solar radiation and hurricane winds. But over time, a handful of people settled in to serve the handful of weekend tourists who took the bad road from Los Angeles to visit the new little national monument. Eventually, some Laurel Canyon hippies and rock musician types began to appreciate the area in the 1960s and early 70s, and it became a low-rent hideout for biker gangs and sex offenders and other oddballs and outlaws. And now Airbnbs outnumber the oddballs. So it goes. The desert is an easy place to live at the moment, for the moment. Swamp coolers keep you comfortable in the summertime. There's satellite TV and Wi-Fi and video games and water piped right to your kitchen. Good roads, pretty good roads. Some of them are even paved. A high-speed death trap highway runs right through town. 15,000 Republican senior citizens in Yucca Valley, along with a Walmart and 15 dog groomers and a dozen hearing aid shops. Whatever you need. Whatever you need as long as it's the same junk people need in every other exurban, halfway rural town on the American Sun Belt. And if your tastes are more refined, well, you've got Phoenix and Las Vegas and Palm Springs, golf courses with acres of rich green English lawn, steakhouses and craft cocktail bars, fancy shopping streets where you can get outfitted for the year-round summer, and then promenade around in your pink golf polo and your pressed yellow slacks, take a spin in the golf cart, over to the clubhouse for club sandwiches and a pitcher of mimosas. Oh, it's the good life. Especially if you live in one of those senior suburbs where the trashy young people can't come around with their hippity-hop and gender benders and socialism. Time will cure them of all that nonsense, and anyway, the world won't even be here when those people are 55 and up. Not that they could afford a Del Webb Merlot floor plan one-level rambler facing the green. While it might not sink in if you're enjoying a good meal on El Paseo and Palm Desert, which I certainly like to do now and again, but the word desert does not mean a resort destination. The word is Greek in origin, and it means wilderness. The wild land, the place you cannot cultivate, a place of blistering temperatures and howling winds, 
craggy rocks and impassable sand dunes and spiky plants, wolves and wild dogs, bandits and desperados, the place nobody goes on purpose. The place where society's criminals were banished to. A land of no return. If you want a good idea of what people in the ancient world thought about the desert, what the Hebrews and the Mesopotamians and Egyptians and Greeks and Romans thought about the desert, an opinion that carried through with the Christianization of Europe and the Americas, well, just take a look at how the desert is portrayed in the Bible. There's not a Pappy and Harriet's or a Bachelorette spa party in sight, not in the harsh, wild land of those times. Like in Isaiah 20. The burden of the desert of the sea, as whirlwinds in the south pass through, so it cometh from the desert, from a terrible land... Grievous vision is declared unto me, the treacherous dealer dealeth treacherously, and the spoiler spoileth. And there's this threat against the great city of Babylon from Isaiah 13. It shall never be inhabited. Neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent there. Neither shall the shepherds make their fold there. The wild animals of the desert will make it their home. The houses will be haunted by howling creatures. Ostriches will live there and demons will come there to dance. That sounds kind of like one of those music festivals we have up here. Somebody's going to start walking an ostrich around the farmer's market. It can't be far off now. Psalm 28.4 Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert. The desert was punishment then, like it was for those paroled child molesters the L.A. County Sheriff's bus used to drop off in Flamingo Heights in the 90s. And when one of the biblical prophets really wanted to get fantastic, really overpromise, well, they generally start making crazy promises about how the miserable desert would be turned into a green paradise. Kind of like the way those real estate mobsters promoted Las Vegas in the 40s. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. Psalm 
that's Isaiah too. Isaiah was kind of a nut about the desert. You know that voice crying in the wilderness line? That's also Isaiah. You know, I bet Isaiah actually liked the desert. I mean, I'm no biblical scholar, but you sort of give yourself away when you can't ever stop talking about a particular thing. Jeremiah 2.6 Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, that led us through the wilderness? through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and where no men dwelt? Imagine if they had Airbnbs in Jeremiah's time. Now in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus attempts to go into the desert to get some peace and quiet. And he goes across the sea by boat, but the people follow on foot. So he heals the sick and etc. And then in Matthew 14, 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the village and buy themselves victuals. That means food. It's uncanny how much the desert of the Gospels is like Joshua Tree today, where you still can't really get any food. Mark 6.31 is one I've always liked, especially the first line. And he said unto them, Come ye selves apart into a desert place, and rest a while. We go back to the Old Testament to Hebrews 11, 37 through 39. They were stoned, they were sown asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. The thing about the desert anywhere that it can go back to a biblical wasteland in a flash. Like it did for the advanced civilization some thousand years ago in what is now Phoenix, Arizona. Climate change, the rivers dried up. One day you've got hundreds of miles of canals and farms and big ceremonial temples and comfortable houses and beautiful pottery. The next thing you know, there are a few stragglers left behind eating the 
the dead bodies of their neighbors and relations. Cannibalism. Boom. It happened all over the American desert, all over this desert. When the European colonizers arrived, they found abandoned cliff houses in the four corners, the remains of what appeared to be comfortable civilizations. What happened? The stragglers and the newcomers hanging around did not know. They'd come afterwards. They called the vanished people the old ones. Gone, just gone. It'll happen again. It's happening right now. Ask the water engineers, the water agencies, the people fighting over an ever-shrinking Colorado River, an ever-shrinking Sierra snowpack, warmer winters, hotter summers. Ask the biologists. Ask the historians. Whether you live low on the coast or high in the desert, your time is at hand. Our time is at hand. We can howl into the wilderness, God help us all, but we've done it to ourselves. We are the architects of our destruction. Now, here's something you should notice. As dry as it's been, the Scots Orioles have come back. These are beautiful yellow and black birds. They come for the summer and they cheer up in these hot, dusty days with that lovely song of theirs. And the gambles quail, of course. You can see the big male there standing on the rock and hear the nervous chatter below. Oh, it's beautiful out here. Hot as hell, but pretty as a picture. When it gets hot, you hardly see any other people. And that's a beautiful thing. People are all right in moderation. Nobody likes to sit in an empty bar or an empty diner. You figure there's something wrong with the kitchen. But out here... Out here in the desert. Oh, it's nice when it's deserted. It's nice when it's down to a few hardy souls and a few crazy European tourists. I sure hope we don't find a bunch of dead bodies out here this year, this summer. 
Not every year, I hope. Uh, every year, people die out here anyway. A couple, at least. That's a shame. It hasn't even really gotten too hot yet. We've already had a couple of near tragedies. We had the girl who fell and broke her hip. Out rock hopping alone. Luckily, she was found and recovered. Recovered well enough that she's worried about who will pay the hospital bills. That's when you know your brain is working about normal in America. And then there was the 73-year-old in poor health who walked out there, I believe in Lost Horse Valley. Everybody just about given up on him, and he showed up alive and fairly well, considering. Well, I hope your summer walks are good. I hope you use some common sense. Drink enough water. Bring enough water. Wear a hat in the sun. And if you don't know where you're going, maybe tell somebody where you think you're headed. Welcome to Desert Oracle Radio. Well, Ken, it's the program director. How are you? This is Gary at the station? Yes, it is, Ken. I just want to congratulate you on a really successful first season. It has exceeded everybody's expectations. We just love it. We're happy to be the home of the Oracle here in the desert. But, uh, Ken, I, I, I got to tell you, I think we need to make some changes. Some changes to Desert Oracle Radio. Yeah, and Oracle Radio is, you know, kind of got this whole weird vibe. I think we need to localize it, just really hyper-localize it. And I got some ideas for you. Well, well sure, you're the program director. Okay. What, what? Well, here's some of the things, we how we can localize the Oracle. How about a plant of the week? Now, everybody talks about Joshua trees and, you know, those famous plants, but there's some other plants, like that mustard thing they talk about. Some other plants that we, we could be talking more about, like public education. There's animals, animals of the week. 
too. Everybody talks about them big horned sheep and coyotes, but there's some some little critters too. The little cute little dotty things that run around. I think we should talk about them too. Instead of that, you know, kind of weird stuff. And then Ken, I got another idea here. You know, during the day here at the station, we do what's something called cruising critters. It's lost pets. Well, I think we should start doing the Oracle version of lost pets. We can give you a list of you know ten or twenty lost pets. You can just run through those on the Oracle, and we'd be doing a public service too, and get the Oracle. To be a little bit more, you know, grounded and normal, okay? Oh, that's uh, that's a nice idea. You know, we only have a half-hour program. I read really fast. Just read really, really fast. Read yeah, not fast. a problem. You have five seconds on 20 animals. That's, that's only 100 seconds. Just really, really happy with the show. The only feedback we get here at the stations, people call sometimes and say, what is that weird thing that's going on Friday night? We say, well, that's the Oracle. They sound a little puzzled, but that seems to make them happy. I tell you, Gary, I certainly appreciate you giving us a chance here and it's great to be on community radio and you send us some pets and i'll, I'll try to get some some pets on and hopefully All I right, can... Ken, remember localize 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 yes indeed all right all right thank well, you very much you. we'll talk to you we'll talk to you maybe next season From Amboy to Zizix and across the Great Mojave Wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio broadcasting on KCDZ 107.7 FM in Joshua Tree and the whole high desert. Thanks to Gary Danielle and Sarah Snyder and everybody at Z107.7 for having Desert Oracle Radio on the air. Oh, it's a nice thing to pick it up on a Friday night driving across the desert. Visit DesertOracle.com. You can find out about our pocket field guide. That is Desert Oracle, the magazine. $25 for four issues mailed to your cabin or P.O. box. And you can find out about the musical tracks made for this program by Red Blue Black Silver here in Joshua Tree. Look him up on the internet and you'll learn about his science fiction music podcast. That's Red Blue Black Silver and the spooky soundtrack he composed for our friend Jeremy Corbell's new feature documentary film, Hunt for the Skinwalker. You can order a CD version of that soundtrack. We've got the links on our website, desertoracle.com slash radio. Friday night, July 13, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., why don't you come on down to the Valley Bar in downtown Phoenix for Desert Oracle Radio live on stage with musical guests, the Boxhead Ensemble. We're planning to have some good stuff. We're going to have our friend Jason P. Woodbury to help out. Apparently, Brendan Mays will be there to cause problems, and we will have Graveyard Tales from Jenny Russell. Our friends at Aquarium Drunkard are presenting this show along with Valley Bar. July 13, 8 bucks at the door. You're going to have a good time. And our first long season of Desert Oracle Radio has come to a close for the summer. I will not be lounging around too much. I will have something interesting for Popula.com launching next week, a short weekly radio sermon. We'll put the details on Twitter and Instagram and etc. next week. And we'll be back with more Desert Oracle Radio in the fall. So I'll wish a tolerable summer to you all. 
Hopefully things will be a little better when we meet again in a few months, a little less apocalyptic. Thanks for listening. And good night from the Voice of the Desert. Desert.